We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cosmic being. We found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand with a cover as a man. We no longer under the laws of Moses. The world that we can cut with violence and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi, John. Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. And welcome to Coffee and Cults, where once a month we drink coffee and talk cults and fringe religious groups from around the world. Please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners, as it will contain strong language. And this episode's got some descriptions of physical violence, some homophobia, and just some general other dickheads. (laughs) I like that new content warning, Sam. That's great. Thank you. If you'd like to support this project and this podcast, you can find out more about us at facebook.com forward slash coffee and cults. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at coffee and cults. And should you wish to support us financially, that would be very kind of you. You can buy us a coffee over there at coffee, ko-fi.com at coffee and cults or you could sign up and support us on a regular basis on Patreon where there is extra exciting content of us reviewing albums produced by cults and reading books produced by cults and reviewing those um, in a vaguely humorous way. So if that sounds like your cup of tea and you'd be supporting us make this main program, please do do those things. And you can also uh, get in touch with us um, by email at coffeeandcults at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So, John. Yes, Sam. Who are we talking about today? So this time I would like to talk to you about the Sullivan Institute, or the Fourth Wall. Oh, John just did an excellent mime of breaking through a fourth wall, which <laughs> just involved a lot of flailing. It was very nice. <laughs> I have a drama degree, listeners, and I've deployed it to its fullest extent right off at the top of the programme. So, um, I'd like to take you back in time, Sam. Um, that was my back in time voice. Can we hear it again? Oh, look, just like that. We're now on uh, July the 29th. Yeah. The year 1985. Lovely. An excellent year, the year I was born. We're on 100th Street and Broadway in New York City. Very nice. It's late at night, Sam. Ooh. And dozens, about a dozen, about 12 people. <laughs> dozens. 12. It's <laughs> um, just one dozen. <laughs> <laughs> a dozen people wearing dark clothes and stocking caps break into a block of flats Uh and beat the tenants with big wooden sticks. Oh, starting us off heavy here, John, aren't you? But if you were worried that that was going to be like discriminatory gender-based violence, it's okay, Sam, because the men hold down the women so that they can be beaten by the women in this group of a dozen with big sticks. Great, equal opportunities beatings. Yeah, I knew you'd like that. Um, While they're there, they slit (laughs) open people's mattresses, they smash the sinks, the toilets, the TVs, and they pour black paint everywhere. And this all happens within eight minutes. So imagine being in your flat, chilling out, and suddenly, boom, masked people, black paint, everything smashed, beaten with sticks, and then they're gone. Like, you could clean off the black paint, you get a new... The mattress is the really annoying bit, isn't it? Because it's kind of like little bits of mattress insides everywhere. You can't even go to sleep while you wait for the paint to dry. Yeah, and all of it's like, okay, you're going to have to get a new mattress. You're going to have to get a plumber in if they properly smash the sink and toilet. You can't... It is like, how do we make this place really unlivable right now? One member broke four knuckles, punching a young boy in the face. Ah! 
that's how Did sort of violent yes but badly injured yeah. um the police arrive too late by the time the police get there the group have disappeared into a neighboring communal apartment building okay so how many apartments did they hit in this first run? Uh, uh, so it was a, a block of apartments, so I think it was something like six or eight. Wow. So it was like properly in, like in, bash, in, in, yeah. bash. Yeah, it's utterly, utterly bonkers. Now, this communal neighbouring building was run and owned by the Sullivan Institute. Okay. Who we're going to talk about. So we'll come back wow. a little bit to this uh, story. But this was a coordinated revenge attack by the group, um, because it was apparently started by this group of neighbours in the opposing uh, tenement building spilling paint on their wall. Okay. It was in retaliation for that heinous crime. And if I get it up here, Sam, I can show you a picture of that damage. Um, So if you'd like to just uh, look at this picture. Now, it's not this graffiti here because that's modern this is a present day photograph it's that bit of paint on the wall there if you'd like just to describe just a little that. tiny it just looks like, just a little tiny smear of white paint it's like maybe a meter or two meters long yeah we'll maybe. put this picture up on the instagram and all those other various cool places that's um what so the, the people spilt that bit of paint and so in retaliation they came and chucked black paint all over their houses effectively yeah and presumably there was some other antagonism between, you know, having yeah. a, um, a cult group next door. But, but they like, we've, specifically I've had said asshole neighbours a... and it's never, I've never wanted to... Well, there you go. If you've got a problem, neighbour, <laughs> listeners, here is a terrible... Don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do it. Um, so this cult that lived next door, it's another one of our favourite, Sam. It's a psychotherapy cult. Excellent. Um, and at one point it had 500 members. Wow living in three buildings in the Upper West Side of New York. Okay. So it became quite a big group, and, yeah. and that's sort of where it's at at the time that there's that. And I think the Upper West Side is fairly fancy. New York listeners, please correct me, but that's all like around Central Park area, isn't it? So it's all... I, I have no idea. From the photos, it looks like there are big buildings. <laughs> in New York, really? Wow, John. <laughs> And that's why I didn't get that job writing the rough guide to New York. I mean, that's a very rough guide, isn't it? The yeah, buildings are buildings. big. <laughs> Unlike other cities. Right. Um, so this group was founded by Saul B. Newton. Okay. And Dr. Jane Pierce in 1957. Right. That's when it started. And it started out originally as the Sullivan Institute for Research in Psychoanalysis. Okay. So it really had that, you know, therapy, yeah. serious, academic kind of vibe to it to begin with. Now, Saul is an amazing... And we're going to get into how shitty a human being he is. But, like, his biography up to that point is nuts. Okay. They're Hollywood producers, get in touch, because I will write this film for you. <laughs> so he was born in Canada in yeah. 1906. And he started off with nothing to do with psychology or psychotherapy. He didn't re- uh, train in that formally um, in any particular way. Um, he was originally a union organiser um, and later a social worker. And around that time became an avowed 
communist mm-hmm. and that was the stuff he was doing he was organizing union work uh, workers and strikes and uh, doing social work and working as a communist during the spanish civil war so when uh, lots of international uh, groups joined uh, spanish groups in spain to fight against the franco dictatorship yeah and people went from all over so there were lots of uh, like british and irish and you know uh, american battalions that went and fought they traveled to another country fought in that civil war you know george orwell did that lots of other people did um and he was part of the abraham lincoln brigade okay who went over to you know freedom in america with abraham lincoln we're gonna go and fight for freedom in spain yeah um against the franco dictatorship so he was there pretty much all the way through 1937 to 1939 he came back he was in the army for world war Two. right served in world war Two. Then came back and started to study psychotherapy after the war. So he's got this kind of really cool, mostly quite positive kind of career up to this point. How interesting that he was able to then study psychotherapy after the war because most people after the war needed psychotherapy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To give it. And I wonder how, yeah, how sort of connected those two things were um and so from his his study and interest in psychotherapy he and dr jane pierce end up working at <clears throat> the william allenson white institute okay which was found i was expecting a much longer name than that after the big lead up you gave it but okay. sorry i just needed to clear my throat All right <laughs> <laughs> which was founded by he's got a good name william sack sullivan sack as in race william sack As in race, Sullivan. Okay. But then William dies, and after his death, they left the William Alson White Institute, and they founded their own group based really specifically on William Sachs Sullivan's theories, which are sort of described by everyone else at the time as a really different, distorted approach to psychotherapy. Okay. And we've talked about this before, psychotherapy is like... A bit of a distorted and yeah, certainly from its early original practices, um, hotly debated. Part of his idea of psychotherapy um, is that he's going to take on, he's going to try and also find like a Marxist approach to psychotherapy. Oh, okay, so, so this group is actually ticking two of our boxes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. <laughs> what Not value? our boxes. I mean, <laughs> two of. Uh... We love Marxist psychotherapy. Two of our cult boxes, yeah. Yeah, isn't that, yeah. I, as I looked up then, I've just seen the Kool-Aid down on the shelf there. It's it's all it's still full, Sam, so feel free to Is take it? that home and, and, and have that. Fanta have just brought out a grape-flavoured drink, and it tastes exactly like that. Uh, yeah. Horrible. Kool-Aid. The idea uh, is that they want to create uh, an alternative to the traditional nuclear family... So this is now we're veering away from sort of true Marxism into into the version of, uh, practiced by this group um, because they think the family is the root cause of all social anxiety. I mean, well, sort of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but more specifically, it's the root of all evil. <clears throat> okay, yeah. Oh, of course. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're already starting to make a few a few jumps. Yeah. Um, and 
pinging off all those cult red flags as well, the extreme left-wing thing and the family... Extreme right-wing cults are available. We will cover them in future episodes. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be a riot. And then, yeah, the family thing and the psychotherapy thing. They've got... Oh, everyone's got features from everyone else, haven't they? What a great point to make, Sam. Well, that's so, looking at me very amused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amused. But it's true. It was good, good quality commentary. So these therapists advise their patients to sever all contact with their parents. That's part of your therapy is like, get them out of there, oh. don't talk to them. Whatever you think, they're part of the reason you've got issues. So you should leave them alone. Which is maybe not ideal. And they also suggest that that's a useful thing for you to do with your own children. Oh, okay. So at the age of three... They're encouraged to send them off to boarding schools. They're encouraged to have them looked after by lots of babysitters. So that the parents only see their children for a few hours a day. Wow. I mean, just wait until they're, you know, school going age and then you only see your parents a few hours a day anyway. But it's weird, isn't it? Because they're going, parents not treating you properly fucks you up. So the solution to that is no parents at all. Yeah. Which is like normally the way that parents fuck you up is by being absent or negligent or not validate you know yeah yes seems like a profound misunderstanding using this they sort of start practicing therapy in this manner and it says here in my notes they set up a therapy center slash polyamorous commune oh (laughs) often getting those two mixed up I've got an appointment at two o'clock. Whoa, not for that. <laughs> That's a really important slash, isn't it? Like, yeah. Would you? Hey, Sam, uh, do you want to come uh, come and hang out later? We're going to the um, therapy centre slash polyamorous commune. Uh, do you want to? Is that all right? Do you want to? What was that? What or was even thing or said? even the other way? Just go. Hey, hey. Do you, <laughs> do you want some? Why don't you come to the? Polyamorous commune. I don't know if that was on any of their signage um, outside. So you can go there for therapy and polyamory. polyamory. That's our other cult, therapy and polyamory. (laughs) Our other podcast, sorry. I'm not even going to edit that. Um, (laughs) But you can also live there in gender segregated communal apartments where you have a dozen plus roommates. Okay to live with right so again it's all bunk beds and but then like americans call flatmates roommates yes so they're not necessarily in a room oh, but my my impression is that they are lots of them are oh sorry but then if they're polyamorous they're probably all right with it well this is the thing they are encouraged to sleep sam with a different person each night and record it in a little date book lovely I'm sure there are other people that do that that aren't in a commune. <laughs> <laughs> that's that almost certainly. That's true. While you're there, so if you're a member of the group, you're charged $2,000 for calling a therapist too early in the morning. So there are like fines if you wow. need to talk to your therapist outside of run times. But the idea is that you're living there for the purposes of therapy. Yeah. And I think this is this is an extreme example, but you're encouraged to give money. And one person uh, gave... Uh, $100,000 towards their personal growth through this. And were they still fined for getting people up in the morning? So, yeah, you might pay that and then still have Um, to then pay more money if you wanted even more contact time with your therapist. Otherwise, it's all 
you know, communal living, everybody pitches in um, with the cooking, the cleaning. Obviously, you need lots of babysitters because you're only allowed to see your kids for a few hours a day. Can you see other people's kids then in that case? As the babysitter, yeah. yeah. But again, it's like not for too long so that you get rotated around so that nobody gets too weirdly attached. Plus, you're sleeping with a different person all the time. Yeah. Which is, you know, in a way is fine, but also, as we'll see in this kind of society, maybe not great. Yeah, it's not... It, it just can't be great for the kids. No. And also, if you're, if you're, depending on what your issues are, if you're going for therapy, to be in that kind of inconsistent, endlessly changing yeah. environment with multiple relationships where you're not allowed to give them the time for them to develop as relationships. Oh, my goodness. I would imagine isn't very healthy. No. And while they're there, they have various kinds of therapy that we'll come back to. Okay, cool. Um, as our story unfolds but the whole you know the whole point of this is part of the big 60s revolution thing we're getting into the 60s now we're going to make better people the way society is now fucks you up and makes bad people or damaged people we're going to change everything around and try and find new and better ways of doing things okay which is a very noble (laughs) intent we'll see how that goes well if you're if you're if you recognize that Society is damaging people, and you're trying to work out how to avoid that. Yeah, but then the the good way to do it wouldn't it be to work for the betterment of everybody, and not just for your twelve people you want to show. Oh yeah, but they're trying to work out the way to do that for everybody. Presume you know. Yeah. You know, I guess they. God, imagine the logistical nightmare if that was the like country's rule: trying to find someone different every night. How exhausting! Sorry, I can't come round. I've got to go to Preston because I haven't met Steve there yet. <laughs> what am I going to do with this next page of my notebook if I don't get to Preston tonight? <laughs> and like, if you skip a night, do you have to do two the next night? How does it? <laughs> what if you? What? You know, we've all had a dry spell now and again. <laughs> what have you had a couple of months and you have to? <laughs> hey, communal living—that's how you um balance those numbers out um so most of the people that are members of this group are they're mostly well educated they're mostly secular leftist jewish um and involved in radical politics and se- and the idea of sexual liberation okay so it's from quite a niche sort of very new yorky kind yeah. of crowd and while you're staying there there are mandated weekly therapy sessions so you have to have these three sessions during the week okay more like a regular kind of therapy retreat thing yeah sort of i guess during those therapy sessions the therapists shout back at the patients scream obscenities at them tell them they have nothing to live for not like a regular therapy thing (laughs) (laughs) do you you just want to say that again this sounds like regular therapy and then i'll read this next sentence uh This sounds like regular therapy. Saul and the other therapists have sex with the patients. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, And patients uh, are encouraged to tell their dreams, secrets and fears to their therapist, which I guess is part of the therapy process. But when you're also living in a commune with them and you're encouraged to sleep with everybody in the commune. Yeah. There's a reason there's a normal separation between... Absolutely. You and your therapist. Yeah. Just for the safety of everybody involved. Yeah. These guys seem to be throwing to the wind. Yeah, yeah. And it is, again, like um, when we talked about Synanon and other groups like that, yeah. um, that it 
this weird idea of therapy which is like breaking people down by just railing on them and shouting at them and trying to which is so, also seems so in counterbalance to hey we're just trying to make better people and we're trying to be more ca- caring and kinder than society has been before yeah rah, 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 you're a dickhead ah uh, yeah um little historical reenactment there uh listeners you're welcome um <laughs> and through all of this you're not allowed any contact with your uh, outside friends and family all right unless of course you need money to pay for the time that you're there and your therapy and your oh. personal improvement. Then you're allowed to contact them. That's fine. That won't fuck you up. Oh, gosh. The, the, those poor families, though, because they're going, oh, oh, I miss John. He's been living at his polyamorous commune therapy centre. <laughs> John was drinking a drink <laughs> and I just made him snort it. I'm really sorry, John. But, oh, we miss John. And then John rings up and says, hello, can I have some money? And they're going to want to give them money to have that co- Because connection. it's the only way they can support them in that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those... Oh. Or everybody. What often happens is that like new outside people might contact the Institute for Therapy. Okay. And so they might start therapy. So they might be having a two or three time a week normal normal uh therapy session. Yeah, more regular scheduled. And then you get invited to join the therapy group. So you're then coming to the group communal polyamorous therapy <laughs> sessions. Oh, no. And then it's like, oh hey, why don't you um, why don't you why don't you come and rent one of our apartments? That'd be really good for you. Or you could come and uh, uh, and share the summer house that we have. It's really nice. Oh. Why don't you? And then it's like you're in. You're right in. now you're in. You're going to stay here. And there doesn't seem to be any kind of exit strategy. Um, oh, man. But they sort of go, hey, you'll get your problems solved. You'll have a living space. It's like cheaper rent. Yeah. Uh, you can have an affordable holiday in our summer house that you would never otherwise be able to afford. You'll meet like-minded friends and lovers. It's like, yeah, sold as this nice, yeah. brilliant opportunity. But once you're in, one of the first things you have to do is write a letter or make a phone call to your family saying, I don't want to hear from you anymore. Oh. Oh, that made my heart hurt. Can you imagine sending that letter? Imagine getting that letter. Yeah. But, like, can you picture your mum opening that? Like, it's, no, it's, I don't it's want too to. horrible. No, it's too hard. Say, for example, Sam, you were married before okay. you joined up. Uh, you have to end your marriage. Oh. Sorry. Sorry, James. <laughs> it's just, it's done. Because the only new marriages that they have once they're in the commune mm-hmm is to legitimise the children and make sure you have health insurance so that you can pay for your therapy at the Sullivan Institute. It's the only reason you're allowed to get married. And it was covered by health insurance at that time. (gasps) Or presumably for some of them that didn't have the cash or might have health insurance. Yeah. So, yeah. this is rough. (laughs) Again, it escalates quite quickly once you're... And, you know, obviously the idea, the the thing of this is that it's people looking for therapy. Mm. So it's people who are, in some ways, quite vulnerable or in yeah. need of help, or yeah, they're, they're sort of preying on, um, on people in that fashion. Um, while you're there, you have to date many people, many people, and that can be sexual or not, but hopefully you would see as many people in a day as possible, which again just sounds exhausting. That's so stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Just walking around New York, like I know, walking down a block next to somebody and going, hello, this is a date. We're, we've gone for a walk on yeah. a date. Thank you for my lovely date. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know whether it's that 
yeah, how much are you allowed to do that with people outside? Does that become part of recruitment yeah. or is it, or do you only have to see many people within the group? If you think at the time later when there's like 500 of them? Yeah, of course. Oh, I don't know. And all the time, Sam, you're paying for this. Yeah. And the therapists are earning, so this is in the 60s and 70s, $100,000 a year. Whoa. That is a lot of money now. Yeah, they're pulling a really good um, salary. So you're paying for your therapy, you're paying for the boarding school, paying for babysitters. In order to pay for all of this, the people that are part of the polyamorous commune therapy centre have to have like loads of jobs. Yeah. They're working four or five different jobs in New York in order to pay for all of this. Gosh, and still stuff. trying to have time to date as many people as possible and to sleep with someone different each night and to coordinate that with your significant other of the day. Yeah, while babysitting other people's children, while wow. finding time three times a week to be... Shouted having gr- Yeah, having obscenity shouted at you. And if you go, oh, do you know, it would just really help me to speak to my therapist at 8am this morning before I go off to work, there's your £2,000 fine for... Oh. Yeah. Gosh. It's pretty um it's pretty grim. You could be expelled from the community or evicted if you resisted the group's recommendations. So if you didn't go along with any of this or you found any of this difficult Yeah, you're out. You're out. Which again if you're in New York and you found a cheap and affordable place to live. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty grim. So these are some reminiscences reminiscences, sis. Um, of memories. <laughs> You're going to regret that jolly <laughs> call out from people that were uh, involved in the group. Some of this um, has come from various articles I'll cite at the end, but there's also a, a blog called Reflections in a Cracked Glass um, that John Mack put together. So this is just an example of some of the kind of um, advice things you get from the group particularly from Saul we'd imagine so this guy's having some problems and so he goes well maybe the problem is you only have relationships with one woman at a time so I'm sorry you're having relationship difficulties but why not try seeing several women at once that's right the kind of therapy advice that's given as in like parallel or simultaneous (laughs) either I would imagine I imagine both would be stressful yeah yeah and so that so that's the kind of advice that the therapist is giving if you're saying you're having problems in your relationship. Right. Parents are painted as heartless monsters. So the therapists will say, so you, you tell me something that your parents have done and they go, I have never heard anything so terrible in my life. That is, that's really awful, unacceptable oh behavior. That's really. And that must, that is true for some people. But not for everybody. Yeah, yeah, and it's also again, it's just it seems so manipulative that it's that it's always, ah, oh, that slight problem you have in your therapy. The solution is the thing we think you should do anyway, like date lots of women. Yeah. Ah, oh, that time your parents didn't take you to Legoland Windsor. I don't know why that. That's terrible. That's the worst, worst thing I've worst. ever heard. Yeah. Man. So again, quite manipulative, and Saul's prescription so the thing that he recommends for you could change your whole life or career so he could just turn around and go you should quit that job or you should cut that person out of your life you should so the amount of you know again that thing about all the things within therapy normally that prevent your therapist from abusing their power or influence over you yeah he'll just tell people what they should do out and out lovely 
Not only that. Oh, no. This is all happening. So, again, we're going down our checklist of familiar things. Sleep deprivation. Oh, no. So, as you've already said, Sam, you've got work, you've got dates, you've got therapy sessions, you've got babysitting, you've got rehearsals, uh, which we'll come back to. You're busy. You've got a lot on. um, And so people are really, you know, messed up. And as you might expect, people easily turn against each other because everyone's tired. And yeah. It's stressed and overworked and you know. And just, just you don't just people don't all get on. Yeah. You know, you're not gonna get on with five hundred people living in the same block of flats. Especially if you've had to date everybody. Yeah, oh no. And maybe like have sex with everybody. Oh god, imagine living with four hundred ex boyfriends. <laughs> oh no over. please. <laughs> yeah. Horrific. That's kinda of grim, right? Yeah. So um in nineteen sixty three, mm-hmm. Newton and Pierce publish a book, The Conditions of Human Growth. In which they say that humanist, hu- in which they say that humanness results from being raised by people. Yes. Which is all we just you know, you learn humanness from the way that you are treated and abducted. But these children in this group are being raised in this really odd, yeah, multiple, you know, that idea of lots of people's influence on you as a child might be healthy and make you human, actually. No, you just Maybe. need some nice people. Might not. So the therapists that are on staff report everything that they hear and are told by the patients via a supervisor Okay. to the faculty. Oh, hello, kittens. Yeah. It's also a slightly rubbish uh, horror film. Have you ever seen that? No. Nope. I think it's got Elijah Wood in it. Oh, wow. Where the, I think like one of their teachers is an alien. It's great. The four faculty members, who as far as I know are not aliens, are Saul Newton, Joan Harvey, Ralph somebody, and Helen Moses. (laughs) Bad handwriting. I'm really... I'm not sorry to them. They seem to have presided over a terrible thing. Yeah. And so there's this real pyramidal surveillance system where they're... Everything that's happening in those therapy sessions is being fed back up the chain so that the faculty know everything about everyone. Yeah. And so Dr. Dr. Jane Pierce isn't in there. No, I think... Oh, has she left by this point? Oh, good for her. Oh, she leaves later. We're going to get to her later, so maybe this is part of her... Maybe this is later on. They were the yeah. four faculty, and maybe she was involved earlier. Newton himself. Saul Newton has four wives and ten children within oh. the um, commune. And it's he's described as being uh, a person who can turn from charming to violent and abusive in a second. Um, So this is a quote from one of the people um, involved in the group. When he was being understanding, you felt as if you were in the presence of pure compassion and the most understanding face in the universe. When he's brutal, he can be really violent and rip you apart in the most ugly way. He sees himself at the level of Freud and Jung. That could be Jim Jones. That could be Anne Hamilton Byrne. That could be all those people. That's the thing, isn't it? Big red flag. Yeah. kind of... Um, and yeah, it seems like he will just, if he doesn't like you, he'll not only tear you apart mentally and verbally, but get a bit rough. Yeah. Which again is oh, weird. Wow. If your whole thing has been about treating people better and making better, and not being oppressive in the way that capitalist society is yeah. oppressive. Uh, I mean, I would imagine he was probably suffering from a large amount of PTSD, having been in a civil war and a world war. Absolutely. Not that that excuses it in any no, way, I but... Say, but... Go to therapy. Don't start a therapy Communal institute. Communal therapy you... where you... No, okay. 
No, but don't start marrying four people. <laughs> so this place has, you know, gets a, a reputation as being this like radical anti-establishment kind of place. There are some famous followers. Oh yeah. Briefly at times, I only recognise one of these names. So there we go. Okay. American listeners, let us know. Uh, so uh, Jackson Pollock. Yeah, no, I recognise that name. Painter is briefly involved wow. and around. Uh, Kenneth Noland, Richard Price, Judy Collins. Oh, I recognise that name. Is she an author? Possibly. Again, it's lots of like artsy. Yeah, I might be wrong. People. Please correct me, listeners. I wish you could have seen the blank look that Sam and I shared during poor old Kenneth Noland and uh, Richard Price's name coming up. No, I recognise Richard Price's name as well, but that's a very, it's just a regular name, isn't it? It's just a familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and they throw these wild parties where there are 300 people. Right. A, does this sound like a party you want to go to, Sam? A garbage bin full of wine. Uh, like like loose or bottles? Like empty and so you just pop a straw I in I think the my impression bin, is or? that they're serving wine, presumably from a clean one, not a used one. Well, like with a ladle. Yeah, I think oh. it's like that. I don't know. I'm sure I'd never go. <laughs> <laughs> Stick a straw in that. Stay yeah. by that all night. Yeah. Job done. I also think that would be a good insult to call someone, wouldn't it? To go, you, you garbage, garbage bin, bin full, full of, of wine. wine. <laughs> but that's just me I often feel like that on a Sunday morning Way. Um, there's dancing flirting obviously um, what's a party without flirting and again the idea is oh, I'm going to contradict that now in my next sentence so you can pick up anybody there and go to bed and it's all big communal place with beds everywhere so mm. you can just take people go uh, one guy said with no flirting required Oh, so it's just like, hey, you let. <laughs> Whoops! I tripped, and you tripped with me. Oh, how did how did you get someone in bed without flirting with them? This shows my lack of game, doesn't I it? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I am. You are asking the wrong. Just taking a quick break to tell you about a brand new business that's just been launched by my lovely sister, based in London, but can travel all around the UK. Um, it's Kitty's Coffees, and she's providing high quality. Coffee for film, TV events, for festivals, for parties. If you want a pretty lady with a nice coffee van to come and make coffees for your party, go to Kitty's Coffees on Instagram. So we're moving on into the 1970s, Sam. By the mid-1970s, the group grows and becomes more and more authoritarian. And around this time, Dr. Pierce leaves. Excellent. Bye. uh, Supposedly forced out by Joan Harvey. Okay. Who becomes Saul's new wife? So in the you said earlier he had four. She was his second wife. Okay. During this run, now Joan Harvey was a soap opera actor and aspiring stage director. Right. Um, she'd apparently been in something called The Edge of Night, and sure, she'd be great. been uh, like involved with filmmaking and things like that. Um, so she was responsible for the decision in 1978. To merge the therapy group. So we've already been therapy group slash polyamorous commune. Yeah. We're going to add another slash, Sam. Okay. Um, but <laughs> It's funny that you keep saying adding slashes because then the guy's name is Saul. And Slash from Guns N' Roses' real name is also Saul. And at the start they slashed the mattresses of the... It's all coming together. Oh, sweet child of mine. <laughs> so she's behind the decision to merge the therapy group with the Progressive Theatre Collective. Oh no! <laughs> Fourth Wall, who wow. run like a theatre um, nearby, 
and nearly all the patients and therapists that are inducted are made to be dues-paying member dues-paying members of this theatre collective as oh, well. Oh no! So as part of that merger, Sam, they sign a lease on the Truck and Warehouse Theatre on East Fourth Street, but the theatre is still occupied by its previous tenants. Uh, which are um, a gay review called the Hot Rock Hotel. <laughs> Lovely. Um, and they refuse to leave because they're sort of being pushed at, you know. Yeah. Gradually, people from this other group have been joining in heart, uh, in huge numbers. Yeah. And and then they try and get rid of the yeah. gay review. And then they've and... tried to sign the lease and take it over completely. They're like, no, we're not going. Yeah. We're staying here. You can't have our sets. You can't have our... I'm just guessing. Glitter balls. Oh, it turns out the homophobia was going to come from me, Sam. Yeah, who knew? Who guessed? So they refuse to leave. So the Sullivans invade the building, burn, destroy, smash apart all their sets, injure people. I think you assuming that they might have glitter balls is less homophobic than smashing up their set. Um, And they take over and then call themselves Fourth Wall. And that's their new um, thing. So... All of the members, this is a quote, uh, were invited to come down and occupy the theatre. The cops came in the middle of the night and we had to barricade the doors. It was very exciting. Saul wanted to teach people to stand up to the cops. He liked that kind of confrontation. So effectively, they, <sighs> admittedly, they sign a lease, but they'd like take over this neighbouring theatre because they want it. Okay. And this woman wants to run a theatre now right? as well. Um, so previously it's been running gay reviews. Yeah. So they start to make their own shows. Straight reviews. Which are designed... Polyamorous reviews. Polyamorous reviews. um, Which are designed to um, promote their message and their life. Um, I could find very little about what that actually meant, except... uh, (laughs) Here is a... (laughs) It's a quote from a song in one of their shows. Excellent. Um, I expect it. Colo Voce, come on. (laughs) That show uh, was called... Who's up there in Twinkle Twinkle anyway? Yeah. Coming soon for a revival. Who is up there tourney. in Twinkle Twinkle anyway? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the original tune. Okay. Um, but um, I like to imagine Sam <clears throat> uh, that I'm it ready. went a little bit something uh, like this. <clears throat> Exploitation isn't a virtue. It's going to turn around and hurt you if that's your way of life find another it's a crime to get rich at the expense of your brother a big round of applause for john listeners thank you if you're safe to give them a little round of applause from your office so they're producing these weird polyamorous marxist musical reviews wow presumably to universal acclaim so when Um, do we start rehearsal want to get hold of that script so uh yeah so alongside that they're also trying to expand in other ways they're buying real estate um including a rundown resort in the cats cat skills yeah yeah but i guess with these therapists earning a hundred thousand pounds or a hundred thousand dollars a year right? but they'll be able to buy property goodness me yeah and, and presumably themselves. people donate to yeah. want to expand it anyway um they have a summer camp where they hold workshops and things that's part of their recruitment they also <clears throat> so okay, normal expansionist ideas. They then next purchase a bazooka. No, they build from scratch a bazooka-proof bunker right. to protect Joan Harvey while she makes her radical documentary films and radical fiction films because she believes the CIA and FBI monitor her 
Um, so she has this steel-lined uh, bunker built uh, with a trap door and an escape tunnel. Now, possibly if she was involved in that kind of leftist scene in New York, possibly she was under surveillance yeah. by the FBI. But I imagine they weren't, you know, Trying racing to... to shut down her Marxist review musical or no. maybe not. I don't know. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Both of those organisations historically... And probably now, we just don't know about it. Yeah. Not great. But she's like massively paranoid. And so again, it's one of those things where you see this person's personality just steers the group. She wants to be making yeah. theatre, so the group has to buy theatre. Everyone has to be a member and go to rehearsals and make Gosh. this review. She's worried that she's under threat, so the group has to buy a bunker and set up a bunker so she can make her. God, it's amazing that she's been able to come in as a, as a, a well, for want of a better word, like underling. Yeah, yeah. Because it was Saul and Jane who had it. And then she's come in and steered it well in quite a quick amount of time as well um then in 1979 as we all know there's a partial nuclear meltdown at three mile island right and the group like other groups we've spoken about yeah jonestown people's temple children of god children of god and there's the god save the earth flying saucer foundation yep so they freak out and the group migrates en masse to orlando florida Lovely. <laughs> to, oh, I like Orlando. To Disneyland. Yeah. Go to Harry Potter world. Um, to await the destruction of Manhattan. I thought they were going to say humanity. I was going to say oh, they no, found it in Manhattan. Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> if you live in Orlando, Florida, please email Sam about that. Please do. I'll come and stay with you. I love Orlando. A few weeks later, 250 of them returned to New York because nothing's happened. But those who didn't leave are kind of ostracised for having stayed behind so there's even though some people right. come back there's a weird kind of yeah hierarchy yeah weirdness. but they're like yeah but i'm living in this house on the upper west side like i'll stay here thanks while they're in orlando they're staying in a hotel they're having these emergency meetings around the swimming pool about what they're going to do about the fate of humanity see lovely people are told to uh, take time off lying to their bosses to come and live in orlando and be out of the out of the way around this time mike bray who joined in 1972, joined with a wife. They divorced two years previously, but he arrives and he has to cut off all family contact and uh, and he moves in, having sort of found a, a home after his divorce. And he talks about the paranoid beliefs and distortions of reality began to set in on him pretty quickly after he joined because suddenly he was isolated and filled with this weird paranoid. Yeah. Um, but that's the whole thing. It's the whole thing we see time and time again with these isolationists. As soon as you're, you know, you're you're on your own now, and you're just being filled with all this stuff. Yeah. And everyone around you seems to believe it. Why wouldn't you go? Well, all these people can't yeah, be wrong. Yeah, that becomes so your reality, be doesn't it? Yeah. It's like what's happening now with various insane ideas on the internet, radicalizing yeah. people because you're just in a space that bounces those ideas back at you as if they're normal followers set out uh, are sent out with geiger counters to monitor the radiation they're testing their milk for strontium <laughs> sorry i was imagining like human milk like the <laughs> ladies were just milking them any strontium today no janet none <laughs> <laughs> you missed out listeners on a beautiful mime of uh, sam mime. <laughs> expressing milk and uh, there are diet there are dietary restrictions now because they're worried about what foods will be infected by radiation um, right. in the wake of these nuclear disasters they've got a code word because they've got school buses and motorcycles ready to evacuate them if they need to go so they'll send out a message about dr benjamin on their beepers and if dr benjamin is in trouble then that means 
nuclear disaster has come. So it's starting to get really nutty. It's just imagining being like the doctor that's come on a house call. Hello, my name's Dr. Benjamin. I'm here to look ah, ah, Jessica's feet. Strontium milk in your face. <laughs> Bad time to be a doctor named Benjamin. Yeah. And as a sideline, they now own £12 million worth of property. Oh my gosh. In the, in the 70s. I suppose that includes like inflation between when they bought the first properties yeah, yeah, and I'm then guessing. as well, because they would have been massive. Wow. So not only are they terrified about irradiation and nuclear disaster and that is affecting everything then obviously we push on into the 1980s oh <laughs> a little bit a more cult based in new york in 1983 saul is now freaking out about the aids epidemic right um and so he imposes on the group a number of aids restrictions okay. to protect the group don't eat in restaurants within a 50 mile radius of new york city ah uh. You must have, they have special sinks installed to clean themselves. Your shoes have to be removed when you come into any of the buildings and properties. The feet of all the animals must be washed. That's fucking foot and mouth. That's not. It's like the weirdest mix yeah. of. This Make is... this really easy for him. Just don't share needles and wear a Johnny and everything's yeah, yeah. all right. <laughs> um, this is going to, I guess people didn't know then what no, some of no, where it was coming from. Didn't. Sex with outsiders is forbidden. So that's going to make your. Yeah. Different date and sexual partner every day. Much more tricky. Oh, no. And he makes them endlessly take AIDS tests if they're in the group. Okay. But then that, that's a, that's an understandable thing for people without a regular partner. If you're having yeah. sex with lots of different people all the time, then get tested. Fine. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. But quite ironic that they're worried about the outside threat of AIDS whilst... Yes having engaged in absolutely behavior yeah. that you know and like taking the real threat of nuclear radiation and the real threat of aids and expanding it to this weird total yeah. insane control they're all you know as i say these sort of lefty artsy people but he decides that they should all become computer programmers instead because oh. that's <laughs> going to be the future so he's trying to train all these you know fair play theater group members yeah. and lefty poets to become computer oh, programmers God, can you imagine anything worse than a group of drama school kids trying to program a computer um, hi friends love you so but that's no not, uh working out we get to 1985 which is when they have this dispute with their neighbors and go in and beat them with sticks and yeah yeah throw right. paint around and the group gradually gets more and more controlling more and more violent and your therapists control all of your romantic relationships now whether you do or don't have children oh i suppose all that admin they're earning their 100k yeah, yeah, a year aren't they? yeah, yeah definitely amy siskind talks uh, uh, says he had this idea of how to deal with people who were against you and his ideas were basically intimidation and violence so he's really pushing this Wow. This way of reacting to things like they did with the theatre company, like they did with their yeah, sure. Neighbors. I mean, that's one technique. Also, try just walking away. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not on the option. Her husband, Michael Cohen, tries to leave, and they track him down and beat him up, dangling him over the subway tracks and threatening to kill him. <gasps> Ooh, scary. So it's really, yeah, really, really full on now. Mike Bray, who we spoke about earlier on, who was quoting, they beat him up because he's yeah. threatening to leave. Um, and they kick the shit out of him. Then in 1988, oh, this is why I mentioned Sprecher earlier and then didn't. There's a battle uh, for the custody of uh, six-year-old David. They'd um, they had a child within the group 
one of the people had yeah. left, the dad had left and was trying to get the kid Like with Jonestown. Back. Yeah, exactly like that. And they'd already lost custody of another child. Yeah. But Julia eventually, um, uh, I think, agrees that they can have custody for that one, but not for the other right. child. And there's a big, like, really public court case and trial. But I looked, Sam, and all of the articles about it are... This trial between these this cult and this guy trying to get his kid back is happening, and then I can't find anything about exactly oh. what happened in that trial. Wow. If you know listeners more than me, please do email in and, and, and tell us. Absolutely. So again, it's it, you know people are getting beaten up for trying to leave. People are trying to leave and get custody of their kids and are refused. The kids are kept within the group. Yeah. It's getting, yeah, real Jonestown kind of um, vibe. The lawyer uh, involved in that case, Katz, says uh, it's a sick, insane, revolting group that indulges in bizarre practices and maintains a manic, bunker-like mentality. It's a cult. Well, no shit. Here's a a chilling quote from Saul Newton. I am the spider and this is my web. (laughs) (laughs) Which I've noted underneath is a part of a list of Totally chill things for a group leader to say. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. Which I think might become a recurring uh, yeah. feature. Oh, that's, yeah, good idea. Chill things, the leader says. We'll do it. I'm in. That's good. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, lots of his defence is like, you know, we share apartments because it's convenient. The Institute and the theatre are separate. They're not the same thing. It's all fine. Right. Just ignore the slashes, everybody. Here is a another quote. Uh, Helen Moses and I have been married for the last 16 years and we have four children. We are progressive in our politics and we believe with Harry Sullivan that the main source of human satisfaction is affection. For someone who is presumed not to believe in marriage, when I want to marry Helen, the spot on the application for divorces and previous marriages didn't have quite enough space Uh, right because there are just too many previous ex-members uh they damn well know they're telling lies they're murderous characters who make my skin crawl they're liars and cheats and they're doing it for pay around the same time mike bray also sues for custody for his five-year-old twin daughters yeah by this time now, are we down to about 12 members or are we just it's down still to about f- 200 members? I think, Ooh. but gradually it's like scandal after, yeah, of course, scandal case after case. People Against Cult Therapy Pact, yeah, is formed. Somebody's brother heard from him once in six years when wow. he was involved in that group, and that one time, can you guess what he wanted? Uh, just a handshake, was it money? Forty thousand dollars to uh. give to the group. I love my sister, but I cannot give her forty thousand dollars. Again, in the in the eighties as well. Yeah, that's like insane. Yeah, it gets gradually more and more involved, and there are lots of court cases about you know, if when Paul's trying to get his kids back, it's all like, well, actually, you know, he like other groups yeah. we might mention, like the kittens. It's like, well, actually, he was always an alcoholic and um, violent and had loads of mood changes. Yeah, but basically, you know. It, seems like pretty much once you join chances are Saul's going to start sleeping with your wife and then uh, pass you off. They got divorced after that surprisingly. Yeah, so the case started I know I mentioned this earlier in the 80s, but it was still going in 1991 Wow. and I can't tell you what the exact outcome of that such a case was. Uh, Sorry, Mike Bray's case was. Newton himself dies in 1991 Oh, what month? Ooh, I don't know. Maybe I'm him reincarnated. (laughs) 
I hope so. <laughs> we'll soon find out. And he had uh, septicemia and Alzheimer's oh. and stuff. And that effectively is the official end of the Institute. When he goes, Okay. it sort of disbands. And other than that, there's not a huge amount oh. written about them. There Spooky. are former members, um, including Eric uh, Gruen, who have only good things to say about their time right. in the Sullivan uh, Institute. So, you know, people need alternatives. I mean, yeah, but like... Like regular or diet, they don't need. Yeah. Uh, and like you know, with so much of these things, it's not necessarily the principles they believed in. Yeah. But the behaviour and the way that they put the them methods. into practice yeah. that is pretty horrific. Helen, who was on our list of uh, therapists and people involved, had her license revoked Good. in nineteen ninety seven. Whoa! So she was still allowed to practice for six years after. But wow. after several years of appeals, it was restored oh, in no. 2014. <gasps> so she's um, back practising now? Yeah. Um, Mike Bray said in a statement about it that he believes in uh, remorse, redemption and re-education. So he's like, he, he thinks that she's... Okay. Yeah. I think she's over she's it now. through enough and learn and mm. whatever. But that's scary that people that were practising then still were elsewhere afterwards. Yeah. Or, or could still be... Uh, now I've told you about who's up there in Twinkle Twinkle. Anyway, <laughs> this is and now we're just as you might be familiar with from the times I do this, listeners, just random things John's written at the end of his notes. <laughs> I have no more context for this, but I imagine it's to do with the um, laws of dating and sex within the um, group. I've Excellent. just at the end of my notes written sperm pools of men. <laughs> okay, Ugh. sticky. Yeah, uh, not great. It's not. Don't takes a long time to fill the pool as well right um <laughs> yeah but is it like like filled with men and sperm so like the water you know when you get in a bath and the water level rises <laughs> is it like that sort of thing but <laughs> the men in the pool are constantly filling it i don't know it, sam it's not time for you to do a milking mind john <laughs> I, I wasn't listeners both of my hands are above the desk oh i'm i'm let's do a let's do a run a run back. So also in the 80s when there were all these child custody cases going on. Yeah. Marcy Fit, uh, no, Marcy Papo kidnapped her 10-month-old daughter, Jessica, from the group and went into hiding. Wow. The husband, who was still part of the group, sued for custody. Oh. And during the court hearings, the group gathered around the courthouse with walkie-talkies intimidating everybody going in and out, her included. Eventually, believe it or not, they settled out of court and then, having left the cult and the cult dissolving, they then went on to lead a happy family life, or so the article. Wow. Said. So they went through that experience and then... That's um, pretty amazing. Came back out. Well done, Marcy. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a final quote about Saul from his uh, daughter. He was both hated and loved. Bright, creative, charismatic... Definitely difficult, handsome, attractive to women, and ultimately tyrannical. Um, and the group, as I say, no longer exists, although some ex-members still talk about it very favourably. Yeah, so the fourth wall theatre thing has gone? Yeah. Good. I mean, it might still be a theatre used by somebody else now. Well, yeah, I expect so, and I expect no more than one person's got a theatre company called the Fourth Wall Company. Yeah, it's a really crap name. Change your, change the name of it. Oh! Yeah, throwing yeah. shade Ooh. at 
obscure theatre American shade. theatre. Um, well, so that thanks, song John. is the story of the Sullivan Institute. Goodness me, they're weird. <laughs> it's just so odd, isn't it? That yeah. It sort of, yeah, it goes from therapy to sex commune to violent vigilante group to theatre company of Marxist <laughs> reviews to... God, you wonder where the line is. Because John and I, if you haven't guessed, are in various <laughs> theatre groups. And where's the line when we veer into Between a Marxist organisation? <laughs> <laughs> if we go with big sticks to beat up another theatre company, I think. Yeah, let's not do that. No, I strongly urge us both to, to resist yeah. that urge. Wow. But there we go. Weird, huh? Yeah, definitely. Wow, thank you, John. So there we go. Thank you, listeners. Um, yeah. We've been doing this for a year, listeners. Woo! Happy birthday to us! And you've been listening, which we're really grateful for. Yes, thank you so, so much. We really appreciate you. We also really appreciate your Patreon and your coffee donations. Um, we finally learned how to work coffee now. So thank you very much. <laughs> it means a lot to us. We've learned a lot. And do keep uh, saying hello to us on Instagram and Facebook and, and the email. Uh, we yeah we really appreciate that it's nice um we're 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 in this for the long run now yeah i think we've committed. Uh, so year two we're excited for it we've Hooray! got some uh plans of things we're going to do groups we're going to look is. at there are a few uh bigger hitter cults that we will probably cover in a few multiple absolutely episodes there are a few groups around that we will go and visit that we know about so exciting in our locality and we'll tell you about our adventures Try or we'll just disappear, and it's because we. If you don't hear from us, tried to secretly <laughs> investigate a cult and accidentally joined it. Yeah. Um, um, just before we go, um, we had a message from somebody on Instagram asking us for help with a cult. Thank you for thinking of us, but we are not in a position to help you. If you're in immediate danger, call uh, the emergency services um, or head to. Um, we'll put some uh, websites in the episode description, um, but. Thank you for thinking of us, but we are not the people to help you. We will laugh at the cult leader, but we will not be able to assist you. So stay safe, everybody. On that happy note. (laughs) Thank you. So um, as usual, you can check us out. There'll be uh, photos and things uh, about these groups on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash coffee and cults. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at coffee and cults. Or email us at coffeeandcults at gmail.com. We are always lurking around on one or more of those platforms and we love hearing from you, so thank you. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that at ko-fi.com. Buy us a one-off coffee or you could support us more regularly on Patreon. At the moment on our Patreon page, there are a couple of... uh, book review articles there's also an episode uh, a bonus episode where we review the album of the people's temple uh we also review a kitten's book both of those are very fun and very yeah. silly episodes uh you you want to hear them listeners you do join join us join us, join us. this we have always said we wouldn't do this john <laughs> <laughs> or not it's fine or yeah. you can keep listening to the uh Uh, content that comes out on our normal channel either way we love you very much and we'll see you again very soon love you love you bye bye we're going to talk to you you are the initiate you are the cause we found out that i was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand with a cover as a man we no longer under the law of emotions the world the kingdom suffers violence and the violence shall take it by force coffee and cult